0: Welcome back to the I Am Virago podcast, where we get real about the struggle, drop the occasional F-bomb, and hear how amazing Virago women can perfectly navigate the world around them. Today's guest, Rachel Roland, is on a mission to help parents be more intentional in their parenting and relationship choices. As a mother of three children, Rachel works daily to stay present, recognize parenting bias, engage without assumptions, and practice everyday bravery while raising her family. She believes you can't have it all, but you can have what you want. So grab that cup of ambition and let's get started.
1: I am Rachel Rowland and to pay the bills, I rely on my tenacity and inner strength to keep me jolly every day. And I'm really passionate about supporting women come from a place that is truly authentic, Unconscious to who they are such that they can kick ass in the world and a little bit with their children
0: and just the light sprinkle on top a little bit uh with their children
1: kicking the ass of children's not you know it's not politely spoken about but what i mean is you know take control and make choices that really serve them in all that they do interesting so can you just tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do um, I'm a coach and I specialize in women's leadership, particularly thinking about feminine energy and how we as women stand in authenticity amongst the reality that exists, the biases, the, the, the real world we live in. Is, mm. um, those are my kind of pet, I guess, interest projects um, in the coaching work that I do. Um, I am also writing a book because I really love words. And I got a lot to say. So it seems a good way to get it out. Um, my part-time job is looking after three children.
0: Oh, and how old are your children?
1: Seven, five, and one.
0: Seven, five, and one.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a spread. It's a
0: full-time job. And, uh, I, you know, I'm detecting an accent. <laughs> oh, you are. I, I am. I am. So uh, where are you from and where do you live today?
1: I'm a South Londoner. And I currently live in Issaquah on the beautiful west coast
0: of North America. Oh, and what brings you to Issaquah?
1: I've never heard it pronounced so,
0: so lovely before.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yes. I don't know how else to say it. It, It sounds, it's just,
0: it sounds so lovely with your accent.
1: Thank you. I just love nature. It was all part of my relocation choice to be more in nature. So to find somewhere that is so accessible to the city and, um, also like I'm just staring out of my window, looking at these amazing trees and hummingbirds and sort of bobcat in my garden and just, you know, I can walk out of my front door into true nature. Very oh, nice. I like it. So tell me a little bit more about your book. It doesn't have a title, but it will be something like how to be powerful and be a parent. Um, I feel an energy is required of women. And I feel that that energy is alive in them, whether or not they actually parent, but as mothers, we nurture and in our archetype of mothering, we are connected to a level of care and awareness of bringing life forth and also cutting away and letting go of that that does not serve us. And it's this is like the nature connection, right? This is all about the natural rhythm of life. And... It's from a really powerful place that women know and it works for them when they tap into it. It's a natural source of energy and a natural source of confidence for them. And it is not easy to parent and to do that work, especially in a world that doesn't value it in the traditional ways that we measure value so it's all about like the archetypes of parenting and what that really means like not the academic study of it but turning that into mother guilt co-parenting and emotional intelligence and what it takes to be the leader of a family and a leader of yourself and have an impact in the world
0: i find that often when i speak with authors that the topic of the books, especially nonfiction books, comes because of personal experiences. And so huh. would you be willing to talk about what's led you to wanting to write this book?
1: I'm on a journey of, maybe I would even go so far as to say I'm on a journey of self-acceptance. Like I've always been a driven woman and had a very successful career and used my drive to be of success in my work. And then through the journey of parenting discovered, I kind of knew, but I didn't realize the impact of how deeply and how consistently I would want to be present for my children and I couldn't let either go. I couldn't not be present and connected and nurturing of my children and I couldn't not be driven and committed and kicking ass in my work. But the world doesn't easily allow that for men or women. And I really believe that as adult humans, we have an opportunity to be both connected parents and kick-ass leaders. And actually, it's um, responsibility as privileged, white, Western, middle-class people to really work out how we work in a system that serves brilliant parents and brilliant leaders. It's a light topic. Yeah. No, just like dinner table talk. (laughs) Um, But I'm aware that actually you just asked me about my experience. Well, that is my experience. I was at a level playing field, you know, on Living field with my husband when we started having children. And over um, the first five years or so of us being parents, I made choices that effectively diminished my impact in the working world. And I did that consciously. You know, that was my choice to do that. And then at a point at which I realized that wasn't serving who I am and I was struggling to have the impact I wanted in my work, I'd been out of the working world long enough to see that it wasn't just about the work I did. It was also about how I chose to parent. So I had to do a huge inner journey into why can't I not be there for my kids? Why can't I put them in daycare here or, you know, cut corners there? And what is it that's really driving my choices to be the parent and the professional I want to be? Um and it brought me to America. It was part of our work-life balance as a couple and as co-parents to want to be that as a family together. And my choice to run my own business, and you know, it led into just consistent choices all geared around flexibility and around empowerment of myself first and then my family as well.
0: And it, it sounds like this is um, a deeply personal choice and that there isn't one cookie-cutter choice that works for yeah. everyone. And it requires some deep inner reflection.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for raising it because that's why I feel it needs a book. It really is a personal journey. And I think we're reluctant to accept that um, at a wider scale, but it's the work that I really passionately believe parents and not just women need to do because there's no blueprint now. We are living in a world that enables flexibility and enables really empowered choices for men and women and as parents, but they're not going to come easily. They're not going to be given to us because it's not easy for businesses to invest in flexibility or to invest in individual solutions but we need them to be those leaders and to be those parents. Like, I think of it as like everyday bravery, everyday conscious choices. Mm.
0: And you you mentioned this a bit earlier, white middle class. Mm. It would seem to me that... There are those who have more of an ability to make choices Mm -hmm. and there are others who don't enjoy that same level of privilege.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Have you done any work in that area?
1: No, I'd love to. And I believe it's really important to open our own personal perspectives to the role we play in maintaining a systemic bias. And I am only at the very beginning of understanding that.
0: We're always learning. Yeah. And it sounds like you're on that path and continuing
1: the part that actually really interests me is this um, there's a kind of a paradox in the um, and you know this from the work that you do around the like you have this personal experience and you attract like we all you know we're humans driven to attract people like us but yet then within the opportunity is that um, expanding our range and our edges of conversation and not working with people who are only like us so that's the conscious choice to both be attuned to and comfortable with who we are such that we do work and have the greatest impact with people like us and then also and yet yeah, to be really mindful and open and willing to be vulnerable around all those parts that we must just be blind to all we can do is assume that we don't know and you know working without assumption.
0: Mm, working without assumption. If we could all do that, my gosh, what would the world be like?
1: Right. And impeccable with your words, right? Those are my two. Gosh, they're my favorites. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you have
0: quite a bit going on in your world. Uh, is there a, um, a personal or a professional win that you'd like to share with us?
1: Oh. My personal win is not losing my cool very often. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I have to tolerate a really different pace with the work that I do than the one my nature wants to be working at, you know, and to accept that and to be present for my kids and to be present for myself and to continue to sort of surrender to like the work that I do and the pace that comes such that I get to really enjoy it and savor it and be present for my clients, which is, I have to be, that's the paradox of the work I do. I have to be really present for them such that they get to inspire and enjoy their own journey. And yet, there's so much work to do. I just like if I engage at all with it, like we are now in this conversation. There's so much work to be done. Quick, okay, Janice, gotta go, gotta go. I gotta save the world. So, (laughs) to not be driven, not to not allow that knowledge of all that there is to be done, to be in the driving seat, is like my everyday personal goal and most days I'm doing all right with it. It's been a long journey together.
0: And what are some things you've done to help you get there?
1: I think um, the biggest and most important one is knowing how to tune in to yourself. And for some people, that's meditation. For me, it is meditation. For others, it's a practice of mindfulness that's maybe walking or swimming or exercising and moving the body in some way. And for me as well, there's a huge um, importance of the breath and tuning into how and when to use the breath. And literally, like, some days, I feel like I'm consciously breathing, like, every three minutes. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. It's easy to reject that stuff, all the work that is, you know, it's it's a lifetime's work, the growth and strength of mindfulness. It's a huge part for me and it takes discipline. And every time you let it go, coming back and forgiving yourself and being retuned and learning how to stay tuned. Then also being really clear with myself about my boundaries and consciously discussing and sharing them with my partner particularly um, so that he supports me and I permit him to like wave flags at me you know you seem a little tense (laughs) (laughs) and you know how those things can in the wrong way really become a red flag right so it's like open vulnerable difficult conversation about how do I deal with my stress and how does it affect you? And all this like incredible relationship work that goes into being really vulnerable with those you love such that they can support you to be who you are.
0: So it doesn't sound easy, No. which leads us to the personal or professional struggle that you've had recently Mm. that you might want to share with us.
1: Yeah. Getting out. um, I read the other day that the true key to successful people is talent plus energy And it really rung true with me because I know that when you have just the talent, you could be right, but you have to have the energy with which to be present and connect that energy and allow others to understand it. And you could just be full of energy and putting it out there. But if you've got no talent, ultimately, it's probably going to not survive. And the energy it takes to get yourself out there, for me to leave this room that I'm sat in now talking to you and be out there in the world, connecting with people in a way that does myself justice is, is hard. Because it's lonely to be an author. Even coaching, you know, has a level of, like, you're connecting with people, but you're really of service to them. So you have to really look after yourself. And, and as a business owner, oh, my gosh, you know that the um, demons that can get a hold of you, demons of doubt around the work that you do. So it's about managing all those doubts such that you can get out there every day and do your self-service. So...
0: Following on on that and those demons of a doubt, you know, what, what, what is one area that you're really looking to improve on right now? And, and what are you doing towards that goal of improvement?
1: I am convinced that I make up all my own stress. I'm working on a hypothesis that I don't need to have any stress in my life. And even using the word stress creates stress. So I am committed to really tuning in to what's really going on here for me now and taking responsibility for what I can, my own thoughts, my own actions and trying to let go of everything that is not within my control, which is basically everything outside of myself. There's the rub when you've got kids, right? Because they feel like they're part of you, but even they are not within my control. So they are integral into my identity. They are integral to who I am. And yet I can't control them. So how do I manage my thoughts and my actions such that I am being true to myself and not losing myself in something that I cannot control?
0: I think if you can figure this out, you may, you might make a billion dollars.
1: But this is the thing. It's every personal journey. So find authors, find podcasts, find people that are inspiring you. And what I think this is, is, you know, um, A great mutual friend of ours has used this metaphor before, like getting hold of the elephant. I got the tail, I got the ear, like just describing this big, huge beast and our part of it. And that's what the book's about. It's like, I just know one way and it's the way I've done it. But I have to move to a place where I believe it's good enough that someone else might benefit because we just have to start sharing how, as women, we find our way through these uncharted waters. And we're all maybe moving in the same direction. Definitely, we're all moving in the same direction. And maybe we're even working on the same thing. Maybe I'm getting hold of the same air you are, but I feel it in a different way. And if I can let you in on how I feel it, you might also be able to get hold too.
0: And even if it's not the same feeling, it's just, oh, you feel about it this way. I actually feel about it this way. And it's different, yeah. but but you yeah. recognize that there's something to be feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So
0: I, I'm going to adjust this question a little bit for you specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I ask what would advice would you have for young women getting into their careers? But what advice mm-hmm. would you have for women who are considering having children mm-hmm. who have careers right now?
1: I love that question because it's so important that we work out what the answer to that question is for each of us and know that you have the power to choose every single thing from this moment on is your choice whether you go part-time or you don't go part-time whether you sleep with the child in your bed or let the child cry out whether you breastfeed or you don't whether you have a great and intimate relationship with your partner or you don't All these things contribute. The way we do anything is the way we do everything. And they all contribute to this final picture of this make-believe we're sold. It's make-believe that you can have an incredible job, an incredible relationship, an incredible house, beautiful, meaningful connection with your kids, and it not be hard work everybody is working hard in some way or other and you're going to have to make some really difficult choices so the better you get at making choices the more enjoyable that journey is going to be because it can be enjoyable but you can't have it all you can have what you want and you got to work out what you want amen hallelujah (laughs) oh i'm inspired (laughs) and i just you know i i'm like Thinking of myself sat in these big corporate training rooms, right? You know, truly on a level playing field with these incredible people of all different ethnicities and genders. And the one common thing was our age and our ambition. And I look back and I think about that person. And I just was so unaware how outside of myself I put the responsibility for success. Like this thing I had in my head of success that was being sold. By then, you know, that it was going to come because I deserved it. All of those things were true. It would come and I did deserve it, but it wasn't going to be given to me. And I, it's a hard lesson to learn. And I'm really passionate about women starting it as soon as they possibly can.
0: <laughs> and what exactly, what, starting what? Uh,
1: a realization that we all humans are culturally raised with biases that limit our potential once we are in long-term relationships as parents. We bring a huge history of parenting bias that informs who we are on our journey through adulthood and we have not yet resolved our opportunities in the workplace with our opportunities to be true co-parents. We're planning like what the baby names are going to be and what the nursery is going to look like more than how are we really going to get this child to daycare for 7.30 in the morning and pick it up at 6 at night and, hold on a minute, is that what we want? Like, is that the parents we want to be? We're all assuming that someone else is going to do it and, well, they do it, don't they? So we must it must be okay. Well, no, actually, if you have a conversation with them, they're finding it really hard.
0: I love I love your passion. Uh, I, I suspect that there are going to be many people out there very excited to to hear these ideas come up so that they can even open a dialogue and have a conversation because there's it sounds like there's just so much
1: assuming
0: going on out there
1: and you know what's wonderful is actually um i don't i'm not fortunate enough to know a huge number of very young men uh, it's not the life I lead these days, but I believe that people go into relationships now, and I'm particularly talking about heterosexual relationships right because i I'm just going to own that upfront because This is gender bias that comes up when we're talking about boys and girls. Mm. That's just the way it is, right? Mm. Um, Not that all the other models don't have their challenges, but the model of heterosexual parenting is, I see, the most challenging one because we've got all these hidden assumptions that, like you say, don't get discussed. So in that model, I believe that men and women want this. They want to have, both of them want to have meaningful careers and meaningful connection with each other and their kids. We've got this opportunity to shape it. But yeah, that's the key, as you say there, the opportunity for vulnerable conversation.
0: So, Rachel, Johnny. what makes you a virago?
1: I really love kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. I really love being so truthful because truth is as freedom. You know, what's really going on here? And that's how I want to use my power is to turn that into a message that can be received. See and feel and know the truth from sources that are not always used as sources of reliable information, but I know are reliable sources of information. Use it to generate a truth that people cannot ignore. Wow. Wow. I love it.
0: Um, So we're getting towards the end. Yeah. Uh, So any any parting
1: words for our listening audience? Hmm. I'm thinking about um, keeping the faith. Keep the faith. Keep coming from a place of consistent energy that is true to who you are. Because no one else, like, you know, this is such an overused thing about, you know, no one else can be you. But the consistency is key. How do you be consistently you every day? Keep the faith. Keep the faith.
0: All right, Rachel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. And um, I'm excited to uh, read your book. Maybe we'll have you back on when you've published your book. Oh, here's to that. (laughs) yes, Yes, please. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my Viragos, for listening to the I Am Virago podcast. Check out new episodes every Tuesday. If you have ideas or suggestions of who you'd like to hear from on this podcast, go to IamVirago.com slash podcast and leave a message. And remember, you are a Virago.